Welcome back to another episode of Life is Full of Daisies, where we talk all things life and becoming the best versions of ourselves. On today's episode, I'm super excited to talk all things organizing. I truly believe when you have an organized home, it leads to less stress and for more creativity. So now, without further ado, let's welcome Naomi Keeley. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming and taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy lady. I'm sure a lot of people are getting you for organizing their homes. Yep, it's spring cleaning time. That's right. And that's why I actually planned this according to like springs, you know, around the corner or it is already here. And I was like, oh, this would be a perfect episode because I'm sure people are wanting to throw things out if you haven't already with the pandemic and the shutdown. Right. Because <laughs> that's what I did when the shutdown happened last year around this time. I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So then I started purging my entire apartment room by room, drawer by drawer. I love it. But I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her. She is a Houston professional organizer and the owner of Charming Spaces, which if that doesn't say Boss Bay vibes, then I don't know what does. She's also a mom, a wife, a shoe enthusiast, and a wine lover. So I'm so excited and I just just welcome you for coming on to our show. Naomi, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you even got started in just being a professional organizer. Yeah, so I started my career in accounting. I have an accounting degree, actually, so mm-hmm. I kind of went the complete other direction with this business. I didn't even know that organizing existed as a job. I didn't know it was a profession. I mean, this mm-hmm. was years ago before Marie Kondo and Home Edit and, oh, you know, all of that. Yeah. So it wasn't as popular then as it is now, and I actually first heard about it on BuzzFeed. It was like a video where someone had their closet organized. And I was like, what is this? That video changed my life. And I was like, I have to get involved in this, right? Uh So I just started doing research. And at the time, I had a very steady nine to five, good pay, benefits, insurance, the whole thing. So I wasn't just going to walk away from that and start a business. I was a single mom too. So my kids were on my insurance. So I had all of those challenges. But I started organizing just on the weekends for fun. Mm -hmm. Started with friends and things like that. My own house. From there, just kind of grew and grew. And now we have a team of eight and wow. I quit the full-time job and now this is my whole thing and so millennials they say we're the side hustle generation so I mean that for a few years <laughs> is that not the truth like I'm in that point where I'm trying to figure out okay I got to get the side hustle going and then eventually but for you how scared were you to finally let go of the nine to five and just go with your dreams yeah terrified <laughs> I was terrified I mean and because I I am a very like structured, regimented, routine, Mm -hmm. organized person. I was like, I needed to make sure I had everything in place. I was like, I need to have an emergency fund. I need to have all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I need to make sure my kids have insurance. And so it took me a good two or three years before I was finally like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And I got remarried. So that provided us insurance. And that really changed the game for me. But it was the best decision I've made. Like if you're in that position right now, just go for it. I waited too long. You know what I mean? I should have just went for it before because it was now I'm like, why did I wait so long? I know. I'm always telling myself, I'm like, why did I wait so long to start this podcast or do other things? And that's the one advice that I give you need the younger generation is like, just start, just yeah. do it. You're in the perfect place. If you have no kids, no responsibilities, mm-hmm. this is the time to just take those leaps of faith and do what you want to do. But that's awesome. I mean, I don't know. I'm in that point right now, but, you know, it is a scary thought of not having the security of the nine to five. But Mm -hmm. I do find it, I'm always like, if I were married and I had a spouse, like, that that would be like a security blanket of a Mm -hmm. sense. But it is tougher to do it just on your own because you have an income that's coming in every month. Right. Versus not. But, But you said you grew it. 
gradually and then you knew it was time to finally just leap? Yeah, I grew it while I was still in my full-time job and while I was a single mom and still started a team and hiring people and all of that at the same time. So when I finally quit, I was kind of to the point where I was working like every weekend. I was overwhelmed. I was like, I'm not spending enough time with my kids because I'm trying to grow this business and it was just time. Like I had to Mm -hmm. pick, you know, I just couldn't keep doing both, but I should have done it earlier. I was just scared. But I mean, (laughs) hey, you did it and I'm excited for you. And then the fact that you said you're a type A person I'm like I think that's what we want in an organizer because you're gonna keep things going and and flowing Mm -hmm. but then how did you like because you know like Marie Mm -hmm. Kondo she and then the editing space Mm -hmm. they have like their own systems like do you have your own particular like signature system that you use or you kind of just take a mixture of what you learn yeah so I don't if you watch the home edit show they break it down to like their three steps or whatever Mm -hmm. all organizers pretty much use those steps that's kind of standard I mean you always want to purge and declutter before you do anything else like people get so excited about organizing they want to run out to the container store and buy all the cute things and it's like no 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 get rid of your stuff first like take out the things that you don't want first that's always step one Uh and then we organize categorize and and then use the bins and make it pretty at the end that's like the very last step Oh, that I mean, that's true. So how did, like, is there a particular, when you started just organizing, did you just have a natural knack for it? Or did, is there, like, books or stuff that you just kind of started reading up on and researching? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you just get into it? Yeah, so I have always had a natural knack for it, even ever since I was a kid, even. I, I've always loved, like, planners. And, mm-hmm. I mean, way before I started organizing professionally, I, like I said, I was doing it for my friends. I was the person that people called when they had a garage sale or when they were moving or whatever it's I've always had the natural knack but there's always something to learn there's Mm -hmm. always more you know ways to grow and there are a ton of books and resources out there I mean pick any you know yeah secrets of an organized mom is a great book Mm -hmm. I read that one I would recommend that. Sometimes I do a giveaway on that. But even get on YouTube. Like how to watch somebody organize their closet. It's fun for me to watch. (laughs) You're like, ooh. I know. I need to start a YouTube channel. You should. Um, Or, hey, TikTok, Instagram Reels. You do little short videos. And people will start to gravitate. Because I'm a visual person. But Mm -hmm. I also like to, if I put something on, I need you to be talking. So that if I walk away, I'm still hearing the information and not missing anything. There are organizing podcasts even too and so there's so many resources out there for free that to help people get started and for me I joined a couple classes but most of the classes that I joined were based on business how to run your business how to do marketing how to get clients those kind of things it wasn't really how to organize I guess that's just something I picked up along the way Mm -hmm. and I have a very close network of other professional organizers Mm -hmm. both locally and nationally and we talk about things like what would you guys do in this space and we help each other out oh that's cool so yeah so if we ever get stuck I have a good network of friends that it's like having your group chat on your phone yeah exactly I need help (laughs) so what is the mantra that you live by so this is a hard one because I feel like I have a lot well you can have more than one I don't think you have to be just one I mean one of my biggest values is integrity so just just basic do the right thing like that's always just do Mm -hmm. the right thing be a good person be honest you know just have integrity Mm -hmm. so there's always that and I I live my business that way too but one of my favorite quotes is empowered women empower women love that I love that too and so most of our clientele are women that come to us a lot of them are mothers but even outside of our clientele like I said we have a close network of other organizers 
organizers mm-hmm. and I believe in collaboration over competition. So even other Houston organizers, we're friends, we help each other, we talk to each other, and I just believe in building each other up and supporting female-owned businesses and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've always believed there's room for all of us to grow and make money and get rich or whatever your rich is defined as, mm-hmm. but there's no need for competition. Like, I agree. Never. And we're all better when we help each other. That is true. We learn that way. So I have a question, because you said mostly women, but mm-hmm. do you get men that actually like seek you out to organize? Now, I'm talking about like single men, because mm-hmm. usually if it's a man married, probably the wife might have pushed him or whatnot. But I'm just curious, like how many single men actually come and seek your help? It is rare, but it has happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's what I figured it was, but... Yeah, I mean, it's mostly... It is mostly women, but occasionally we'll get we'll get a guy who they're usually guys who you can kind of tell when you walk into their place that they care about their aesthetic. You know, they oh. they dress well, they have nice things, they want us to come in and kind of help them complete that picture. Oh. So that happens sometimes, and we also have moving services, so sometimes we'll get requests oh. for that. But and you know, like I said, a lot of times it's the women that contact us, even if it's a wife and a husband. But occasionally the husband will be the one that's more into it and excited about it, even though he's not the one that originally called he'll kind of be like oh this is fun you know so you never know that is true you just never know I was just curious because I'm like dude although all my single men that are listening to this it is highly something that a girl would definitely appreciate if you organize your place or at least have it somewhat put together Mm -hmm. because I've seen some some bad places I'm like (laughs) I mean I'm one of those like I'm not a professional organizer and but I do like organization mm-hmm. and I learned like through your Instagram I've learned through other organizing professionals and the amount of things that I've like wanted to tell guys sometimes I'm like just can you put like just your stuff in a certain place not all over the place yeah it's scary out there but then let's move on to like what are the most common things that you help your clients work with yeah so we almost always get called about just physical clutter physical space like I need help with my kitchen my closet my garage Mm -hmm. whatever what have you and the rooms vary a lot I mean garages are very popular kitchens and pantries are very popular right now but it's almost like sometimes it goes through phases like we'll get a lot of pantries and then we'll get a lot of closets by the time we're done it's about so much more than just your physical space I mean we have our clients tell us all the time like I didn't realize how much this was going to leave relieve my anxiety and help with my day-to-day life and I'm a better mom and a better wife and so they call us for the physical but it always ends up being yeah bigger so so let's go into that since you already mentioned it because when I for me being a creative person like when my place even if there's just like things out on the table like if it's not clean or organized Mm -hmm. I feel like I cannot create or think Mm -hmm. so for me when I went through that purging process in back last year in March I felt so relieved after it was all it took me like two solid weeks to really get through everything Mm -hmm. but there was just a sense of like this weight that was lifted and I donated a bunch of stuff I mean well some of it you had to throw away because you can't Mm -hmm. they weren't taking donations at the time but still there's a lot of psychological mental that goes into that and another reason why people should seek out help if you just are like nope I'm not going to do organizing on my own Mm -hmm. yeah so I mean there is something there's there's something to it there's studies and everything you can look it up where clutter creates actual stress hormone to be released in your body Mm -hmm. and you know it's a real thing so if you have that feeling where you get home at the end of the day and you're just stressed out I mean you want to come home and feel like okay this is my sanctuary this Mm -hmm. is my haven this is my house you know you want to feel good and relaxed at the end of the day you don't want to come home and have more stress because there's stuff everywhere and there are some creative people that are do better when there's a lot of stuff but even they like it to be somewhat of order 
you know, yeah. they're still, even if you have a lot of stuff, we can make it to where it doesn't feel like chaos. That is true. That is true. But I've been a firm believer in that even as a dental hygienist. Like, anytime I've started a new job, everything, like, I always go in and my office is technically the operatory I work out of. And it's like, I have to reorganize everything. So it's like, it just functions better for me. Mm-hmm. And then I've just noticed that it makes me work more efficiently that way. So. Yeah, it makes, if your house and your physical surroundings are organized, it allows you to focus on other things. So when I got, before I started professional organizing, when I just organized my own house, once everything was decluttered and organized and I felt like I could focus on things like routines for my kids, finances, like you can go one step farther mm-hmm. in your life and kind of just feeling like you have your life together that once is your house true. is organized. Yeah. So in a sense, it's like if you have a cluttered home, that's, I feel like sometimes that can be a reflection of like what your life is internally, mm-hmm. like how you're feeling internally. If your house is cluttered, then obviously there's a lot going on inside you. Mm-hmm. But when you have things a little bit more cleared up, organized, it's like, okay, I'm getting my life together. So I guess it is a sense of reflection of like who you are. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the easiest ways to start organizing or where, I mean, where, where, I mean, this is the common question that I got asked when I did a poll is like, where do you even start? Mm-hmm. Yep. So when we go in and we're talking to a client and we're trying to figure out where we want to start in their house, mm-hmm. I usually start with the area that stresses them out the most, oh. but we're there to help you with that. So, but that's one strategy. You can say, okay, every time I go in the kitchen, I feel stressed out. So I'm going to start there, but that's not going to work for everybody. That's one way. Another way is to think about what's easy. Like you want an easy, quick win, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to, you don't want to feel overwhelmed if you're trying to do this yourself you want to get through this and you want to feel successful and you want to, you know, so just don't feel like you have to organize an entire room in one day. Um, We do that with a team and we do it every day. So we're efficient at it. So don't expect yourself to take on the whole garage in one day or the whole, yeah, I'd be like, so just start small, you know, start with the junk drawer, start with one shelf, one cabinet. If you're looking in your closet, say, okay, I'm just going to do the shoes only. You know, don't even worry about the clothes Mm -hmm. today. Just pick one thing and just do it. And that's the thing. It's like, you just, have to do it and you always want to start like I said by decluttering so even if you're not perfectly organizing it and doesn't look like Pinterest or Instagram you can still get in there and just take out the stuff that you don't wear it's broken it's torn Mm. you know anything like that just removing that clutter is going to make you feel so much better that alone oh that's true do you have clients that like have, now I'm taking this to the extreme where you see hoarders on TV but do you have clients <laughs> that actually like have a hard time parting with something that's either broken obviously they have like emotional attachment to it mm-hmm. but have you had that happen occasionally most of our clients by the time they call us they're ready Oh, okay. You know, they're like, if you're to the point where you're ready to pay someone to help you with this, you're usually, you know, ready to go. And where the hard part comes in is for parents when it comes to their kids' stuff, you know, baby mm-hmm. clothes and artwork and sentimental type things. Sometimes we, we struggle there, but we help them coach them through that, help them figure out what to keep and what not to keep and kind of relieve some of that guilt too. Like it's okay to let some of this stuff go. You don't have to keep everything that your kids ever made. That you is know? true. They don't want it. That is true. I'm like, <laughs> mom, I'm, mom, I'm looking at you my mom like kept everything but we finally were like okay a few years ago I went home and then I started like purging my the closet or my room that I had at my parents house and I pretty much got everything down to one little container of like my memories from school grade school all that like these are the things that matter and these are the things that I want when I'm older Mm -hmm. everything else can be donated yeah so what is your favorite thing to organize so this kind of changes a lot based on my phase of life too. I think when I first started, I loved doing kids spaces, you know, mm-hmm. playrooms, kids rooms, 
and I still do but lately I've really been enjoying pantries a lot and anything with like makeup vanities jewelry mm. like I just think it's so fun because it's all so pretty and cute and and we focus a lot on women so like any space that's theirs that they can walk in and be like oh this is mine and I feel good about this like that makes me really happy to do so we love doing that I just remember when I when I took on my whole apartment <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to me because it's a lot to undertake. But I left my closet for the very last because I felt too overwhelmed to take that on. Mm-hmm. And also, I was like, I'm not ready to part with some things. But once I like went through the rest of the house and it was time, it, it, it's interesting because now it actually looks pretty. And it's like I like going and I see everything that I have, so I'm not going to not wear it ever. Mm-hmm. But it does. It was an undertaking because that was just what I had to leave for the very last thing. Right. And sometimes once you get going, you kind of get a momentum, you kind of get into the energy and, you know, like that spring cleaning energy. So like, it's okay if you leave the hardest thing for last, because you've already kind of worked that muscle, that organizing, Mm -hmm. decluttering muscle in the easy parts of the house. So then you do that last and it's a little bit easier than. Yeah, I guess I just built myself up for it. And I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to take this on. Right. (laughs) This question was asked by one of my friends and he's got roommates. So he wants to know how do you organize? for multiple roommates I guess more so in the common areas Mm -hmm. like any tips on that yeah so that's a tough one because you can't make anyone do anything that they don't want to do you can't make people pick up after themselves you can't so that can be kind of difficult so my first question would be does everybody is everyone in the house interested in that or is it just him (laughs) I mean that I don't know but let's let's say for the for the episode let's say everybody's semi-interested in it okay So, I mean, I'm always going to tell you to start with your own area first. Mm -hmm. So start with your room, start with anything that you have control over, get that started first. As far as common areas, I mean, you want to look at spaces that naturally become cluttered on their own like it's usually like an entryway table or kitchen island or something like that look at the stuff that's being dropped there and then create a solution for it so is it keys is it hats is it cups you know whatever it Mm. is and then okay now I need to create a solution for that item so maybe you need to hang some hooks for keys or each person has a basket for their shoes or I would have to really see the space to go and detail with it but I mean decluttering is always going to help you if you feel like dishes are always a problem in this house well maybe you have too many of them you know that Mm. kind of thing and in the kitchen you guys can each have your own like cabinet or your own shelf in the pantry so that you're not eating each other's food or whatever I mean it it depends on where the struggles are for each space and each person Mm -hmm. but I think just designated areas for each person would be a good place to start oh that's that's a good one I'm trying to remember like when I lived with my sisters I believe we had like our set we had like separate spaces in the cabinet for Mm -hmm. like our food and then we had like a community place like anybody could eat that yeah but that at least respected and set a boundary for like the other people and or my sisters so I remember that and I think my middle sister was the one that created it she's a little bit more she's always been more organized Mm -hmm. and I think as I've gotten older when I started living on my own it's like I do like organization I don't like the chaos Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she taught me that. She's always telling me, you're leaving your stuff everywhere when I go visit my parents. Uh-huh. And it's not that I leave it everywhere. It's like I set it down into the corner because I'm coming back to it. But right. it is true. I kind of need to work on that on my own. <laughs> 
Because I do like, I'm like going to come back because I'm always working on, on like five things at one time. It's not like I'm just sitting down for one thing. Right. And that's my problem. Like I'm always working on something. So I'll go back to that and that. Mm-hmm. So if I put it back in where it's supposed to go, then I forget about it and I'm not going to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. But try to get her to understand that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, part of being and staying organized is just habits. Some of it is just like you can hang hooks for keys all day long, but if nobody puts their keys on there, it's not going to work. So, you know, some of it is just like getting used to a new system, getting used to mm-hmm. a new habit. And that that's the hard part with roommates is because unless everybody's invested in, in the system, it's not going to work. So and sometimes systems don't work and you have to change it. That's and that true. happens. Yeah, that's true. So I guess it takes like you with your roommates to have a conversation and kind of see where everybody's at and try to come up with solutions together. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point there. And now we're going to get into like the good stuff, which a lot, I think most people are interested in this is can you give us any tips on org? I'm going to go through like rooms. Okay. Because I know people have separate places that they really want to get into, but like, let's start with the bathroom. What are your tips for organizing or helping someone organize the bathroom? Yep. So again, I'm going to keep harping on this. <laughs> I'm going to be like a broken record. No matter what space you start, declutter it first. So Take anything out that's old, expired. You know you're not going to use it. It's a product you bought or a free sample and you just, you know you don't like it. Just let it go. Even if it was expensive. If you don't like it, just let it. I know it's hard with the makeup like, and no. skincare. <laughs> it's like that lipstick. No. But it's not serving any purpose in your closet either or stuck in the back of under your sink or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's always going to be your first step. But the main thing I say in the bathroom is think about your daily routine and the items that you're using every day. You know, your toothbrush your floss, any makeup that you use on a daily basis, your skincare. And you want those things to be easily accessible. So if you have drawers, you know, you want those the top drawers on either your right side or your left Mm -hmm. side or both, depending on how many products you use. Um, I try to keep the counter clean when Mm -hmm. at all possible, just because it adds to that visual clutter. Not everybody has that ability. Depends on how much space you have. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to use the counter. If you do have to use the counter, put your items in a basket or a lazy susan or something to contain it, so it's not just it looks intentional and doesn't look like it's just stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So you want your daily use items to be easily accessible. And then we have what we call backstock, which is like the shampoo is on sale, so I bought three of them. That oh kind of thing. <laughs> I try to stay away from that. Yeah. It doesn't work. You know, I have to be honest. Millennials are usually pretty good about not doing that, but occasionally or bath and body works is another one we oh, find a lot of people yeah. people go in there and buy so much stuff so your back stock is stuff that like i'm not using it every day it's not right this moment mm-hmm. but i'm keeping it for when i run out of lotion and, and i want another one or whatever so that stuff can be doesn't need to be as easy to access it mm-hmm. can go under the sink it could go in the linen closet that kind of thing so just think through your daily routine and having easy access to those items Okay, that's a good one. And then what about like the bathroom, ca- like uh, I guess that medicine cabinet is mm-hmm. for people that have that? Because I had someone actually ask that specific question. Is that a place where you put things that you would normally just go to, like immediately go to or use? Yeah, because that's one of those easy access spots, right? Mm-hmm. So, you you know, maybe your toothbrush goes in there. If you wear glasses or contacts, that kind of stuff go in there. If you have daily medication that you take, that can go in there. Anything that is that you need easy access to, I would put in there. But it's pr- not the best place to put things like makeup and skincare because it's usually small, yeah, a small space. Mm-hmm. So you might need more area for those kind of things. But I think it's great for, like I said, toothbrush, floss, just the glasses. everyday use yep. stuff. So now moving on from the bathroom, what about the living room? So the living room is kind of interesting because... 
I think if most of the things that end up in the living room don't usually belong there. Yeah. They're just dropped there, right? <laughs> it's a drop-off point. <laughs> so if you organize the rest of your house, I feel like the living room kind of takes care of itself. You know, if you have a place where everything is supposed to go, mm-hmm. it just needs to be picked up. So it depends. I mean, and if you're a family with small children or you're a house full of roommates or whatever, your living room is going to serve different purposes. So it kind of mm-hmm. depends on what goes there. So, I mean, usually it's stuff like DVDs, video games, computers, tablets, things, electronics, a lot of that Mm -hmm. is stored in the living room. If you have small kids, like maybe keeping one basket for toys down there, I try to limit the amount of toys that are kept in the living room because you don't want the kids to just take over the whole house. Like at the end of the night, you want to be able to quickly clean it up and then spend time with your spouse or do whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. So it depends on the family, but I, I think that the living room is one of those places where, like you said, things tend to get dropped. So if you organize the rest of your house, the living room will probably take care of itself. That's true. That's true. And then what about um, the bedroom? Yeah. So the bedroom, if we're talking about adult bedrooms, I would say don't use it as a storage space. People tend to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think because we can close the door. So it's like, oh, people are coming over. Just throw Mm -hmm. thing in there, close the door. (laughs) Yeah. No. So just keep stuff in there that belongs in there. You know, your clothes, maybe an extra set of linens a book in the nightstand, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I would not use your bedroom as a storage space because the bedroom especially should be peaceful and your sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So you want to keep it clear. For kids, if you have the space and the ability to have a playroom designated for toys, that's amazing. Not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes toys have to go in their room, but I would keep them away from the bed and that kind of thing because they'll get up in the night and play. Oh, (laughs) I didn't even think. I mean, I don't have kids, but I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so you don't want it to be too enticing for them to be getting out of bed, but if you have a playroom, I would always suggest keeping all the toys in the playroom and just in the bedrooms having like stuffed animals and books. Okay, that's a good one because I'm like, I didn't think about, I guess some of my friends have playrooms, but then some of them don't. And I've seen people like put, it almost looks like a chest or something that mm-hmm. where they put all their toys back in at night and then they go to bed. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting like in a corner of the room, something like that. Yeah. Okay, and then what about, is there any other rooms that I didn't mention? I guess, the, is the laundry room even important or? I mean, we do get questions about it. I mean, it's kind of the same theme through each room is like think about what actually belongs there and what goes in there the laundry room is a a space that can be kind of a flex space so sometimes we keep things in there like tools batteries light bulbs things that aren't meant for laundry but a lot of times there's extra space in there for household stuff yeah so just you have to decide what makes sense for you to keep in there yeah but make sure that your every day or every Mm -hmm. week laundry stuff your soap your dryer sheets whatever you want that stuff to be again easily accessible Mm -hmm. easy to get out easy to put away yeah that kind of thing yeah that's very true and then where do you stand i mean i'm pretty sure you're on the stance of using labels yes (laughs) yes so we label pretty much everything. We'll even label drawers, the inside of drawers, cabinets, things like that. You can get a basic label maker from Amazon. I mean, just type in label maker. You can get one for $20. Mm-hmm. The Brother brand is a good one. Dymo is another good one. That's a cheaper one that's like $20. And that will get you far. You can do just fine with that. If you want to step it up and have some prettier labels, Mm -hmm. there's a um, female-owned Houston-based company called The Label Coterie, and we order our labels from her specifically. And so those are like the pretty vinyl labels like you see on the home edit and stuff. Ooh, so if you want to step it up, then go there. And they're worth doing, especially in the pantry, in the master closet. I feel like those are the two spaces that 
you know, can really step it up with those labels. Oh, that's true. I need to do that on my master closet. And then, okay, so the infamous junk drawer. Yes. What? Like, you know, that's <laughs> everything goes in there, but... What is the most common things that should go in there? What is that drawer supposed to be for? I don't know mm-hmm. why we even have a junk drawer if everything else has a place, right? Right. But somehow everyone has a junk drawer. Right. So most common things we see in there are like chargers and headphones. Mm-hmm. Those are two big ones. Sometimes people keep those little sauce packets, you yeah. know, like from food. It's, and usually when we clean out the junk drawer, the client will say, oh, that's just trash anyway. So think about, do you actually use those? Do you actually want to keep those? Because chances are probably not. Just toss them in the first place. But we find those a lot in junk drawers. Sometimes batteries we will keep in junk drawers. So what should go in a junk drawer? Okay, so I would say a pair of scissors, maybe a flashlight. Mm -hmm. If you need to keep headphones and a charger in there, that's fine. But like limit it. Don't let it build up to five different ones. You just need one probably. Yeah. Batteries are okay in there. Sometimes coupons because usually the junk drawer is in the kitchen. Yeah. So if you're a coupon person, you can put those in there. But I mean, that's really about it. Maybe a tape measure, you know, something that you might need around your house, Mm -hmm. easy access to that you don't want to go to the garage to get the tools or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to just be throwing stuff in there all the time because it just becomes like a black hole. (laughs) Mine was a, um, it was bad because I had to just take it all out, declutter it, throw away, and then reorganize it to like the basic things that I just use Mm -hmm. on every day there. Exactly. So how does an appointment work with you with Mm -hmm. any client like once you get that phone call or email like how does that work so we always start with a free and home consultation Mm -hmm. and that just allows me to kind of walk through the space with the client and they can tell me about you know this area really stresses me out or this area is working really well Mm -hmm. and it allows me to see their home and see what kind of style they have and what kind of colors they like and so I always take notes on that and make sure that I'm incorporating so that whatever we do is for customized for them Mm -hmm. and their home Mm -hmm. So from there, we'll kind of come up with a plan and talk about goals, and then I'll give them an estimate of what I think it'll take for their space, and then we get on the calendar. So once we get scheduled, the first actual organizing appointment, mm-hmm. we usually come in. There's typically two of us. So let's say, let me give you an example. Let's say we're doing the kitchen. One of us will usually be pulling out categories of items. So we always sort first. So for example, one person will pull out all the pots and pans, and mm-hmm. they'll see what has a lid, what doesn't have a lid, what's a broken handle you know and they kind of sort everything then we call the client in and say okay here's all the pots and pans here's the good set here's what looks like an old set do you want to keep them both and Mm -hmm. we'll kind of walk them through what do we keep what do we not keep Mm -hmm. and that's really the only thing that we need the client to do is tell us what stays and what goes okay and then we can organize it so you don't have to be hands-on with us the whole time we're there Mm -hmm. so you can kind of just let us do our thing and just check in here and there to make the purging decisions occasionally we have a client who's like no I want to learn how to do this I want to be in there with you and so that's fine too like we'll encourage that like great another set of hands it's your house like we will walk you through the whole Mm -hmm. process if that's what you're interested in or we'll do the just come in here and do it for me kind of thing so you know you come in you make the decision let's say the pots and pans we say great we put the things back in the cabinet that are staying in an organized orderly way Mm -hmm. and then we move to the next category so maybe it's utensils okay so we pull out all the utensils and sometimes seeing it sorted helps with the purging process because you might not realize how many coffee cups you have until we pull them all out and put them on your counter (laughs) oh we all have that problem it's like why right and then you're like wait I've had I've this actually happened we don't even drink coffee I don't know we have why we have 20 coffee cups and it's like okay well you know maybe we keep four for guests and the rest can be donated 
right i've done that so many times where i've moved and i purged and then i buy a new set and it's like i don't even drink coffee i'll drink tea mm-hmm. and even with water it's like now we carry water bottles everywhere mm-hmm. so it's like what i don't know it's, i think we feel like we need to have it yep that's pretty much how it goes we we do the purging process with the client and then we can pretty much organize it on our own but we always make sure that we're taking into consideration that that client's home their children you know how many people are using this space like we really make sure that we're taking into consideration the function and the flow and it's not it's not just about being pretty it needs to actually work yeah that's true it has to have a function for it what things do you like to use to help organize so one of my favorite products that i probably use in every single house is a lazy susan or a turntable turntable i, some I people just call it. learned about a lot of late i didn't know what a lazy susan i mean i've heard of them <laughs> but i thought they were just meant for like the kitchen for some reason mm-hmm. and then when i organized my bathroom i actually ended up getting two lazy susans to put the stuff that i don't really use but they're in a a, a cabinet mm-hmm. that way I can easily just rotate it and access it and I also use it for my hair products that I put yep. in my cabinet as well we love them I use them in almost every room of the house and there's different ones so there's some that have like a lip on them that are taller there's some that are shorter they have big ones and small ones so I mean in the kitchen we've used them for spices for bar stuff for the pantry we use them for like olive oils and vinegars and Mm -hmm. the bathroom you can use it for like you said hair products for kids it's good for art supplies I mean we love them we use them everywhere oh that I know so lazy Susans (laughs) y'all if you know you can get them on Amazon Mm mm-hmm or uh, the container store that's right the container store is amazing but I can get overwhelmed just going in because I'm like oh I need this and I need that and it's really like no I need this assess like at like what I have and what I actually need for it exactly yes and when you organize a home what do you do with all the things that you no longer use or need like what are Mm -hmm. where do those go yeah so we try to partner with a lot of local Houston charities and organizations and uh, make sure that we're taking things to where they will get the best use Mm -hmm. so we take baby items to the women's shelter we will take food to food pantries we will take school supplies to schools or libraries or whatever Mm -hmm. like we're always looking for for organizations that need that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. occasionally we still donate to goodwill or salvation army or something like that because they will take pretty much anything that you have Mm -hmm. so and they're convenient because they're located all over town but some clients have certain opinions about different organizations and Mm -hmm. so you know if you have a specified place that you like us to take it to we're happy to do that too so we just want to make sure that everything gets the best use there's as little as possible going in the actual landfill you know we try to take all of that into consideration when we do need let's say we're doing a garage and we have just a driveway full of stuff that needs to go we'll call a service sometimes to pick up and we um, partner with a junk hauler too that will kind of sort through the pile and figure out what's recyclable and Mm -hmm. what's just junk and so we try to make sure like I said, that we're being as responsible as we can be with those things. So that's that's amazing because, <laughs> I mean, you don't want them to go to, like, a landfill to just add to that. But I like that y'all also have charity a part of it and you're mm-hmm. giving it to somebody else that will need those things and put them into use. Exactly. So that's yes. awesome. And then what are some things that to do when moving to start kind of for your new place? Like, mm-hmm. what are some things that you can kind of just transition into? So moving is 
such a big topic. I could do a whole episode on moving. <laughs> so I'll try to make it short and sweet. So moving tends to be like one of the most stressful things mm-hmm. that people do. I mean, they put, they rank it right up there with like divorce. I mean, that's that. It's overwhelming. Yes, it's a lot. So of course, I'm going to go back to decluttering. That's always the best thing you can do if you have time before you move. Mm-hmm. So before you pack your boxes, or as you're packing your boxes, think about, do I need this? Do I want this? Do I really want to pay for it to be moved mm-hmm. and take it with? So the less you bring, the easier it's going to be. But also you want to make sure you label all your boxes. Mm-hmm. And I usually recommend packing a luggage or a suitcase for like seven to 10 days. Just with like, just pretend you're going on vacation for a week or whatever. And mm-hmm. pack all the things that you need for that. Because things tend to get lost in a move. And you're like, where is my toothbrush? Like, you know, that's not something you don't want to have access to, right? So- and it's funny you say that. <laughs> because I have so many patients that have they've moved and they're like they're like oh I haven't been using my electric toothbrush or my water pick they're like I just don't know where it's at and I'm Mm -hmm. like why didn't you just pack it with your main stuff I don't get you yeah so just pack a suitcase and just plan to live out of that for a week Mm -hmm. or so until you kind of get everything situated but I also label boxes with not only what room it's going into but sometimes with what's in the box to help you like in a kitchen for example I'll say these are pots and pans these are the daily dishes and that way you can quickly just like look around the room and say okay where's the Tupperware box and you can go to it oh that's Um, a good idea and then I always will mark things with like unpack first so if you think about like what do I need when I first get into a new place Mm. I say focus on these three things eat sleep and shower yeah that makes sense so you need a few dishes you need your food things like that so if you mark the boxes or you put like a colored duct tape or something Mm -hmm. on something to make it stand out to you like this box is important it has my coffee pot in it I need this first and then you pull that out first you want to make sure you have access to your bedding your shower curtains some towels things like that so very clearly mark those boxes maybe even move them in your car instead of the moving truck so that you know exactly where they are that's true would those be i guess those would be like the last things you would even pack anyway because those were like the things that you were using up until the move yes and i like that you said color coding because i went the last time i moved i actually had different tape colors Mm -hmm. for the rooms and i still labeled them for the movers and that made it easy because my movers were amazing and they just put everything like exactly where I told them to put it so when I was ready to unpack it was all there (laughs) that's perfect and a good moving company will do that they'll bring your boxes to the correct room some of them don't though some of them will just drop it in the garage or the living room and you have to specifically tell them can you please take this stuff to the room I would ask them to do that because it's a huge help when it's time when it comes time to unpacking rather than yeah. trying to find a hodgepodge. But most moving companies, will they do that? I mean, like the one I got, I mean, it's a little pricier, but it's totally worth the money because not only do they take care of everything that I've ever moved mm-hmm. and I have a white bed frame, so you know that can get dirty, but mm-hmm. it's never been smudged and they always take it apart and put it back together. But do you find that you have to tell people like other moving companies to do that? Some of them will do it automatically and some won't. So it just depends on the company. I always request it if I'm there because that's one of the services we offer is move management. So if I'm there on move day, I will make sure that they know that that's what we want them to do. And I will even direct them like this is this person's room. This is the master. This is the baby's room. And so I'll kind of tell them where to go. But yeah, I would always ask. It just makes it so much easier when it comes time to unpacking if everything's already in the room it belongs in. Oh, and do you find that like the movers, they are pretty, they'll do what you say? Oh yeah. They're usually happy to do it. You just need to ask. I mean, and and most of them are paid by the hour. So, I mean, it might take them an extra hour to take everything upstairs. You might have to pay for that. You'll pay for it. But it'll be worth it. Yeah. In a move, it's worth it because 
otherwise you're going to be so stressed out and you have lower back issues. Exactly, and then you have to carry it yourself. Yeah, so just let them do it for you. So is there any last words or advice or wisdom that you want to share with us? I guess if I was going to give you any advice for organizing your own space, it would be to just start. Like, stop procrastinating. You know it needs to be done. Just take, say, okay, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. That's it. You know, give yourself small, manageable, accomplishable goals. You don't have to tackle the whole garage in one day. Mm -hmm. Like I said, one box, one shelf, one cabinet. Just start anywhere. That's great advice. What is your favorite either book that you, like, really think any client could probably easily read and just start implementing on their own? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have. I mean, I have the one that's geared towards moms. I don't know if I have one that's just for anybody. But there is a wealth of books out there for you like anything that you want some organizer has wrote a book about I still think that Instagram and YouTube are a great resource too Mm -hmm. because you can go in there and it's quick and you can watch a video or you can watch you know tips and there are podcasts about organizing whatever gets you going search that out whether it's a book a podcast or whatever to help get you motivated or even just turn it on while you're organizing yeah you know have it in the background so you feel like you're not just totally doing it by yourself you're like okay <laughs> or well, I mean going on to your Instagram page you have a lot of great tips on on your page like just showing people how to do it as well mm-hmm. as like a lot of visuals so you can kind of see like how Naomi does it but mm-hmm. I love that you have the tips to go along with it because I'm like sometimes I'm like oh, what how do I do this or yeah like I said I'll go to pages like yours or other organizers and just kind of see like what how they do it and mm-hmm. then before I tackle on like a room or a space Right. And sometimes it's the littlest thing that can make such a big difference. And one of the easiest things you can do is just get matching hangers in your closet. Mm, it would make such a visual difference. It will look so much better. It can sometimes be expensive depending on where you get the hangers from and if you want wood or felt or you know there's even acrylic ones but you can get felt hangers for pretty inexpensive on amazon these days and it oh, is yeah. worth it like that is one thing i would say definitely do that if you're not gonna not gonna do anything else in your closet switch your hangers that is true or um uh, i found mine i found some in marshall's mm-hmm. and then i found the rest because i ran out and then i found more on amazon yep um costco i hear a lot of people say they get felt hangers at costco too so I mean they're everywhere and that's an easy thing to do but it's one of those small tips that some people just don't think of doing Mm -hmm. and it makes a huge difference oh well that's awesome so is is there any other thing that we might have not covered or you might give us I think we covered quite a bit for everybody to kind of get started or you know get their journey started in organizing I think so too but if anybody has questions I mean feel free to reach out you can dm me on instagram Mm -hmm. send me an email you know I'm happy to chat with you guys which I will be tagging her on our post for the episode as well as putting her email in the episode information and then like she said you can directly contact Naomi and she's I mean you were really quick to respond to me and I love that because I don't like people that takes three or four days (laughs) I'm like I need to know now but Once again, thank you so much for joining us and just giving us all your wealth of organization. And this concludes this week's episode of Life is Full of Daisies with my amazing guest, Naomi Keeley. And this now takes us into our inspo seed of the week, which I got from her page, Charming Spaces. And here it goes. I would like to be remembered as someone who used whatever talent she had to do her work to the very best of her ability by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
RBG, y'all. She always does well. This quote was pretty amazing, and I just liked it because when I was looking through her page, I remember saving it um, for her particular episode because it just goes into play that Naomi is a wonderful example of how she is pursuing something, and she took a leap of faith in leaving her corporate comfortable job in doing something that she really loves and a talent that she's actually skilled in and is really good at and that just shows when you combine your passion with and something that you love with also being able to make a living off of that that's when you really are I believe that when you are really living in and it doesn't become work anymore it actually becomes fun and I mean I can translate that into just doing this podcast like Yes, it's a lot of work, but I'm having a lot of fun and I'm enjoying the journey, the process, being able to just bring all the content to you all, but also being able to meet a lot of amazing women and men too. I think everyone has a specific skill or talent that you have and you're really good at. And I really do think that whenever you have that, you should really hone in on something that involves that talent with a passion and then try to make that a business because that's when you're going to really live, y'all. You're going to start living that way. And takes a village. It, I think that we are given certain talents and gifts because we are meant to all combine all of our talents and gifts to help one another. It's, it takes a village. It's a community thing. And whenever you're able to bring a group of people with different variations of talents and gifts and be able to make businesses with them, be able to help others thrive and be the best versions of of themselves. I really think that that's when life just starts to change and you actually start living and being in the best place that you could possibly be. So I encourage you, if you have a talent or a skill that you are really good at, keep pursuing it, keep going, figure out a way how to make that a business and you go on and do you boo because one day you're going to look back and be so proud of yourself for actually pursuing something that you really loved and that's what your heart was telling you to do. So y'all, thank you again for just always being here and listening to everything I got to say and and just listening to all my guests. I encourage all of you to share this episode on your social media if it resonates with you or if you find it really helpful. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Life is Full of Daisies where you can DM me or email me at hellodaisy at gmail.com. That is H-E-L-L-O-D-E-I-S-S-Y at gmail.com. And don't forget to go on Apple Podcasts where you can give a podcast a five-star review or just give us a commentary review because this really helps me grow the the platform and help reach a bigger audience. Y'all have an amazing week. Don't forget to be kind along the way and do an act of kindness. Bye!